0: I do think there's a difference between kindness and being nice. It's a little easier to say the nice thing, say the thing that people want to hear. And I think there's like a realness and an honesty aspect to kindness and a respect aspect to kindness, which we've definitely grappled in our relationship.
1: Welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other and trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self-mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. This is a Soulfire production. Today's episode is a special one. I get the opportunity to sit down with health coach personal chef, and my fiancé, Lauren Rose. This conversation gives insights into our life and how we've each supported each other in developing deeper connection and communication. It is our goal to share real wins and lessons that we've experienced as a couple with the hope that it will inspire you in some way to take a more thoughtful and loving approach to any relationship in your life. As you'll learn, Lauren and I have known each other for over 10 years, and our relationship started as a friendship which we believe has been an asset to us in becoming lifelong partners. I can say with all honesty that this relationship has made me a better man, and I know her a better woman as well. While we have very similar core values and interests, we are different people with different operating systems. Yet if it's three things we are committed to, it is us focusing on our connection, having truthful conversations, and remembering to play. Our podcast is as much about growth moments in our relationship as it is giving practical insights into how you can experience greater balance and harmony in life. While the last two and a half years together has been full of change, we attribute our commitment to each other and our curiosity as the primary reasons why we get to enjoy the type of deep relationship that we have. When I started this podcast, one motivation was for us to learn alongside each other, especially as I'm growing as a person. And this podcast with Lauren exemplifies that. I'd like to thank you for listening. And if you're able to walk away with even one nugget of wisdom that you'll be applying to your life, we'd love to hear about it. Please remember to rate and review the podcast so we can hear in your words how it's impacted you. I hope you love this one because it's a show that's very near and dear to my heart, quite literally. Now let's dive in. I guess the biggest news of as of late is what you're looking at right now, which is the stash. How do you feel about that?
0: I thought you were going to say that we're having a baby, but (laughs) of course, no. We have another firstborn third party in our relationship. Uh, What
1: do you mean third party?
0: (laughs) I mean, literally there's three of us in the room right now. You, (laughs) me, and your mustache. (laughs) But I think people like
1: my mustache. No?
0: I mean, what people? Well,
1: I mean, you know, uh, there's there's uh, there's people on social media. The
0: funny thing is, is when you say like, "Oh, I forget it's there," and it's literally impossible to not see. For
1: I think that's the best. It's part. all I see.
0: All I see. <laughs> I see your heart. I feel your heart. I see your mustache. So,
1: I mean, I get I get excited every time I look in the mirror. I'm like, "Oh gosh, there he is again."
0: Handsome man.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, one of the things that I was thinking about before we hopped on was just how much we've each changed individually. And then of course, in partnership, having been together now for almost, I think like two and a half years. And in that time, so much life has happened as you just shared, like we're going to have a baby. We've gotten engaged. Uh, We've worked through a lot of stuff, both beautiful and challenging together. And I wanted to see if you'd be willing to share with the listeners a little bit about uh, how we started our relationship uh, together.
0: You always cue me up for that one. I want to hear your experience of how we start our relationship, but I'll tee you off. Um, (laughs) Wow. So how did we start? Well, we've known each other for years, um, mostly as colleagues and co-students to lots of different modalities um, within holistic health, specifically the Czech Institute. I think that was our first cornerstone in our relationship. I know the Institute has brought me closer to more friends and now family than anything else really in my life. So I'm super grateful for that influence. Um, but yes, we've known each other for nine, 10 years, something like that. And um, it's interesting because I kind of like now, and as we've progressed our relationship, I like think back to our friendship and just, you know, our dynamic before we were romantically involved. And um, you're the, fir- you know this, but you're the first um, partner that I've ever had that I was legitimately friends with and like had an established respect and um, not like a casual friendliness, but just like it was just really organic and really real and and never felt like there was ulterior motives to our connection. A lot of respect, like I said, and just like your work. I think we started being more connected when I signed up for Kettlebell Lifestyle and your flagship or your beta. Beta group. Um, So that was at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, yeah, I remember like getting a lot of connection from that community and like obviously fitness inspiration too. So I guess you were my coach before you were my fiance as well, friend, coach. And then, yeah, we really dropped into it, so to speak with um, plant medicine and the community we found within that space. Um, You invited me to not only sit with you with Combo but then a couple months later to sit in another ceremony which really changed my life and mm. from that day forward I think spirit and the plants knew things that we didn't and um, both of our both of our hearts really opened to each other and um, just that depth really came through for me so that's my version abbreviated and in hindsight but what about you what do you remember
1: well there's a few things that you said that really I just want to reiterate and share my perspective on them. And the first thing is that deep level of friendship and with friendship, one of the things that you and I have always said is, you know, I mean, there's things that can come up in life arguments or disagreements, but we've really to the best of our ability from day one, whether it's been as intimate partners or as friends, we've always, to my experience have always maintained kindness and respect. And for me, that is really what whether it's intimate partners or friendships, respect is for me, probably the deepest form of love. And so that's one thing that I've always been impressed about you is not only obviously the respect that we've had for each other pre and during our relationship, but really, I and I've seen you interact with so many different people. I mean, you... Do many things, but you you prepare all the nourishing food for the men of movement retreat, and you, you've done so many. You've built a studio. You're you're incredibly talented in so many different areas, and your level of and I just shared this with your dad when uh, I asked him if I could marry you, and I had said uh, you know one thing that really impresses me a lot about you, and he totally agreed is you are a classy woman. You're like in my experience plenty of new school, right? We're both into the woo-woo stuff and we love that stuff. But you're really the level of professionalism, class respect that you give everyone is is really was one of the things I first noticed about you as a friend. And I remember that when I did ask your dad, uh, one of the running jokes is I think he said, uh, you know, I always knew I, I thought she was going to marry a senator. A okay. senator. <laughs> He's the best.
0: Thank God for her. I didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, so that friendship piece, I think is huge because that is the underlying foundation for any relationship. And if you have that respect and then you layer on having similar values and just really valuing communication over time and and, and working as a, as a team, that's something that me and you have really, really, I would say solidified and are continually focusing our hearts and, and our minds on is how can we continue to improve and drop into honest, vulnerable team communication. And then you know another piece with with the medicine aspect you know i'll just share i really do feel in that ceremony for me at least it was such a as you know very well it was such a challenging ceremony for me and so many things brought up and i had so many walls built up before i could even remotely let someone in we always joke that i'm like basically blind as a bat if someone's oh in <laughs> if someone's interested in me, they literally have to knock me right on top. Then I still probably wouldn't notice. But in that ceremony, you really get face to face with the things that you've potentially or I have been hiding from, haven't wanted to look at. And what I felt in that, in that experience, was an opening of my heart to an extent that it was almost overwhelming. And I remember grappling, like, oh, you know, I, I feel a connection, a deep soul connection to this woman but I'm so afraid I can't let myself and all the stories started building up. And I'm just so grateful for both of us to be for having been courageous enough to uh, listen to our hearts. And there was a feeling that happened for me in that ceremony that I still feel to this day, and actually now exponentially more having gone through life over the past two and a half years with you. And it was this overwhelming feeling that this woman has got my back no matter what. And for me, when you add that feeling and the respect and the, commu- the willingness to participate in communication in, in a relationship, I really think you have a lot of the, the foundations to truly a lifelong partnership, friendship, uh, you name it. I think you can go anywhere with that.
0: Yeah, you um, said two words that really stuck out to me. Um, I have, I don't know where I heard this phrase or saying, but it's to have courage and be kind. And I think with those two things, especially in partnership, it just makes the world of a difference for the long haul, the long game. And I do think there's a difference between kindness and being nice, you know, and Mm. I think, especially in the world of customer service and hospitality and relational um, work, coaching, for sure. It's a little easier to say the nice thing, you know, say the thing that, People want to hear, or that we're expected to say, especially as a female, as an encourager, as in these different roles. However, like that's the nice thing isn't necessarily the kind thing. And I think there's like a realness and an honesty aspect to kindness and a respect aspect to kindness, which we've definitely grappled in our relationship. And, you know, if I were to just say the nice thing, or if you were to just say the nice thing to me, like we, I don't think we'd be here right now, you know, but we have always found courage to have hard conversations. And then I've always filtered them with with kindness because it's always backed with love. So
1: when I think back to, uh, and I'm really curious if you were to take a moment to reflect on, obviously you, you're, you've you're always been Lauren, you've always been you who, you, who your heart is. And a lot of your values have maintained the same since before and, and being in relationship with me. But one thing I'm really curious, if you're to take a moment to reflect on what are some or one thing, what are some of the biggest things that you've noticed within yourself before being in relationship with me and then now being together?
0: Mm, Wow. It's, I mean, we've gone already through quite a few phases. I know for me personally, Mm. especially now transitioning to being becoming a mother and um, I think the big thing that sticks out for me in this moment is how I identify myself. Um, the things that I know I've been in patterns of, my actions, my creations, um, the things I've brought into the world have very much defined me to me, as opposed to like who I really am. Um, and I think that really, since being in, you know, in in love with you and in partnership with you, I've like really had time to reflect on the deeper parts of me and like the more feminine aspects of me. And I was like fiercely independent before being with you. And even when I was in partnership before it was, I was still always my own person. I didn't have it. I mean, I'm sure I was emotionally codependent, but like in terms of physical dependence and a lot more of these things that I think as you move into deeper relationship, it's like, you do soften into different roles and into different versions of yourself. And, and that's been really scary for me, but it's also been like super growth inducing. Like I even just becoming a mother, like that was not something I necessarily needed um, or felt like in order to feel fulfilled and purposeful in this life. Like I, I, it wasn't in my soul that I have to be a mother. But now since being with you, it's like, it just feels like so much part of my destiny to step into this role. And it is a softer role and it's a more selfless role. And I think it's, you know, I'm not quite a mother yet, but it's already challenged me to really like tap into those deeper reservoirs of, of who I am and who I can be. And it's not always about me or what I look like or what I'm doing or what I'm creating or being in the spotlight. It's really like being a more supportive role. So that's been humbling and also like really, really beautiful. So that's a big thing, but I'm sure there's many.
1: One of the things that I've observed with you, and there's been many since we've been together, but it's been, and I I don't want to make it sound like it's been an easy thing because it has been a process, it has been a journey. And sometimes these things are easier to talk about after. And when you're in it, it's much harder. And what I will say, what I've really noticed, but more importantly, felt, felt from Lauren, primarily just as a friend before we've been together and then all the things that we've navigated is this trust, Um, a deeper level of I've really just seen and and felt this trust in uh, your role that, as you mentioned, is continually evolving. Right? And I think, I mean, there's been two, what was it? Two weeks after we got engaged, we found out that you were pregnant. Yep. And so it felt <laughs> like things have been moving really fast. And, and I just want to take a moment to acknowledge and to just express my, just my heart's gratitude for the trust that you've maintained uh, within yourself and to trust me because you trusting me in many ways has allowed me to step up. And I think that's really one of the the hallmarks of a of a long-term partnership. You know, we all come into this into the game with different strengths, different weakness, different perspectives in life. Like we both see we have very similar core values and yet it's almost comical. And oftentimes we do crack up. It is comical at truly how different our operating systems are. And so, you know, there were certain things, for example, I had, I had thought that I had healed or things struggles from the past, but you really never really find those things out until you're you're in a a real relationship and you're willing to be vulnerable. And so I'm so grateful for you trusting yourself and continuing to be committed to that and then trusting me because I mean, I there's been so many things, not just the stash. <laughs> That's been different. <laughs> uh, um, but I mean, I've really just felt within myself a greater level of confidence. And really, what's coming up right now is a greater willingness to put myself into uncomfortable situations and and have more challenging conversations, not just with you, but whether it's been in business relationships, because I'm always someone who's been afraid of conflict. My nature is the peacemaker, one of my like aspects. And I think that's a beautiful aspect. And I love that part of me. And it's also uh, caused resistance to having challenging conversations. And one of the things that I've experienced you to model very well, it's uh, you tell the truth. Like you tell it as you see it. And and that's something for me that's been a big, big, big area to grow. And even something that I'm still continually working on, one of the things that you and I have discussed, and this came out of uh, just a recent big reflective experience, and it was for me to not take things so personally. And one of the things that I trust with us is that our intentions are good at the end of the day. And if I can remember that and just know that uh, what you're saying is is coming from a place of love, and even if I don't receive it that well or that well in that time, I know our commitment to having that conversation and how it was received. And thankfully, we've done enough work before coming into partnership. And I really, I think that that was absolutely so helpful. In our relationship, that we we were so committed to our own growth and now growing together. One thing that that's really interesting is whether it's how people see us, but it's truly how we live. As much as possible, we 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 do our best to live a more intentional life, a more mindful life, a purpose driven life. And before we were even together, I think I still get tripped up and like it still freaks me out when I think about we were both doing uh, for about three months before we were even together. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know Joe Dispenza, highly recommend checking out his work. He really brings, among many things, but the science aspect to meditation and really combining not only the, the vision of the future, but most importantly, feeling that. And we were both listening to the same Joe Dispenza meditation for almost three months, almost daily. And we had written out exactly what we wanted in our life partner. And I remember just, you know, obviously we we sleep in the same bed now. And I just remember pointing to you like this is exactly where I was sitting damn near every single night or every morning when we were doing that meditation. And I believe that again, going back to the work that we've done on ourselves before and putting that intention out and feeling what we really wanted. What was our non-negotiables in a relationship? Mm-hmm. What are the things that we wanted to experience, the memories, um, even having kids, all of those things. And so so just going back to, I'm so grateful for the work that we've done uh, leading up to this point and then what we're committed to now.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting kind of back to that like independence piece because I know that you are like next level and we're fiercely independent and like on a track and world traveling and just all over the place before we were together. And you are still in many ways. But I think in Testament to the work we did pre-partnership, it's really interesting to see the patterns of how in many ways, it's actually so much easier to hide in the work and to be doing all that mm. stuff on our own. <laughs> um, I think it was necessary and it really did save us, like, you know, moving through a lot of the things we've moved through. And at the same time, like I noticed my own tendencies to kind of retract. And like when I I want to struggle by myself, like it's really, really challenging for me to be seen struggling or to like really need help. Um, Even the vulnerability piece, we've talked about this before, like in hindsight, I'm, I'm really capable of processing vulnerable topics and really sharing my heart and being open and vulnerable. But when I'm in it and when it's really, it feels really messy and it feels like just... my core icky to be like really seen in that, in that place. Um, But there's no real hiding when you're in a true intimate relationship. Um, And I think, you know, if that's something as like, you know, as timely as like a financial challenge or something, it's like, you don't hide that with your partner, hopefully, (laughs) you know, it's going to come out eventually. So I think that a big difference for me has been navigating self-development and growth and these challenging things. We still all have like shadows and we still have like things we're working on. And to really be witnessed in that messiness is like a whole different ballgame as opposed to like you can do the work by yourself outside of relationship for forever, you know, but like if you can't bring that to relationship and really grow from it, then I see a lot of people, especially in this, Coaching space that are really hiding alone, you know. And what what are the what are those ways that not being in relationship has served us, and also like halted our our growth? Because I do think the deep stuff happens when we're really mirrored and really seen by somebody else.
1: That for me brings up the saying that life is a spiritual process. It is, and I think you did a post. I don't even remember when, but it was like spirituality happens off of the yoga mat. It's like whether it's yoga or breath work or classes or courses, like those are great to have tools, to have strategies when things get challenging to connect with ourselves and honor ourselves and honor our values. And I will say the real work is when you apply it to your life. Uh, When you get triggered or when I get triggered, for example, by family, Um, those people who are closest to us that know us from years before, it's like, Try to have uh, you know a triggering conversation with your family and then see how far you've come. This episode is brought to you by Men of Movement, my in-person retreat offering for men of all walks of life. In this retreat experience, we dive deep into many healing modalities of movement, from music to breathwork, outdoor workouts, embracing the elements, and even embodied rhythm techniques guided by Yaakov Darling Khan. Many men today are longing to have experiences and honest conversations that fortify who they want to be and how they seek to show up in the world. And my experience with that comes working through the intentional application of discomfort so we can become better versions of ourselves together. The next Men of Movement Retreat takes place in Mount Shasta, California, October 27th through the 30th. It offers an opportunity for men to come together in a safe container to heal and grow in community. There are still a few spots available. If you or anyone you know would be interested in a unique experience like this, go to www.mikesalemi.io and click the Choose Your Path button to find out more and hop on a call with me. Now back to today's podcast. I'm curious, when you're in it, when you were saying like it's when you're in the thick of things and when things are at its at its craziness, so to speak. How do you navigate that?
0: When I'm in it with myself or when I'm in it
1: with you? I'm actually curious for both, but let's start with when you're in it, What what's the feeling, the sensations and how have you found ways to navigate that?
0: Like you said before, I mean, there, there's so much, um, there's so many resources out there and I've always been a super curious, lifelong learner. Like I love being in community. I actually love being outside my comfort zone and being like, okay, the beginner at a lot of things, because it just feels really enriching once I like start seeing progress in any, in any department. So I feel like I've applied that curiosity and that, you know, lifelong learner aspect of myself to, you know, the deeper work, the shadow work. Um, So I think my first kind of approach is to be like, okay, like, what do I checking in with, like, what do I really need right now? Or what do I want? It probably starts with a desire more than like a need, honestly. Mm. Um, A lot of that's been filled with either like travel or just ways of getting, removing myself from like the thick of it, Mm. getting a new environment, a new perspective, and largely like hopefully finding community within those external places, you know, that it's like, okay, I feel safe here now, you know? And, um, And I think ultimately the goal is for sure to feel safe with ourselves by ourselves. But, um, I've gotten a lot of support from, you know, the curiosity of just seeing who else is out there and what are they doing? And I've gotten tons of support, like free support from, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds from podcasts, from spiritual books, from just like wise elders that have practiced and modeled this in, um, in different lifestyle forms. Um, Cultural influence has been huge in my life too. Like that's why the travel piece has really come in, come through because I think, especially here in the West, I mean, it's so constrictive and it feels like you have to fight everything by yourself, you know? And you have to find all the answers within. And I do think spiritually, there's a lot of truth to that. However, we're not solitary beings. And Mm. I think first like finding like, a culture that really resonates finding a practice that really resonates down to like modalities. I mean, I know movement's been incredibly healing for you. It's been incredibly healing for me too. putting on changing the energy through music, listening to a really high vibe song, like or letting myself drop into that heartbreak and be like, I'm going to listen to something that's going to make me cry. You know, like whatever it is, it's really connecting to that core emotion and that core need Mm -hmm. or core desire changing the energy, makes a huge difference for me. Gosh, I'm pregnant. I'm getting out of breath. (laughs) Hopefully I'm (laughs) not talking too fast. What else? Yeah. I think really it started with a lot of external kind of seeking the seeker in me. It's been really, really alive and well, and now it's processing. It's just being like, okay, as I'm more aware of how the shadow shows up and the icky feelings that come up with that, instead of trying to numb it out or Disassociate through it. I've really tried to be intentional with feeling things from a full spectrum and knowing after like, you know, 35 years of experience that this too shall pass. Like things are very seasonal, including emotions, you know, and moods, um, circumstances. So I think just having that wisdom that, you know, you're going to go through this and you're going to move through this and then tomorrow's a new day, I think has brought me a lot of peace for sure.
1: One thing that I've learned from you is. I have a level, I think you shared it, like I have a level of intensity that I've always had. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I think, uh, I I, I love that part of myself and I've grown to appreciate it. And you've really invited and encouraged a little bit more of a softer side, yes, or maybe more self-compassion. I remember sometimes when I would uh, speak out loud about myself, like, fuck, fuck that thing up, or that was a shit like interview Mm -hmm. or whatever it was you would respond back, please don't talk to my friend like that. (laughs) And it was like, it was a a yin approach, a a nurturing approach, but it was such a check, especially coming from you with someone who I have so much love and respect for. And also another thing that I've learned from you, especially when I'm in it, when I'm in it, and there is that intensity while it can be an asset, a willingness to dig deeper and keep going and uh, no excuses, that sort of stuff. And there is a time and a place for shelving some of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I've heard you share, and, and I don't know what mentor uh, shared this with you, but you can't drill too deep, but you can drill too fast. And I remember when when we were in Santa Cruz one time and I was when you were living out there and I was coming out to to help you move. And I don't remember what was going on or what you were working through, but I remember just holding you and you were going through it. And uh, you, you said something to the effect of like, I need to let this rest for right now. Mm -hmm. And I just had a tremendous amount of respect for you having not only that inner awareness to know where you are, but also respect enough for yourself to put the pause button on that. And I think in... in personal growth work and spiritual growth, I do think it is that that blend of masculine and feminine, that blend of the masculine being, okay, let's clarify what needs to work on. Let's create an action plan on that. Let's execute. And also let's bring in some of the feminine aspect of the receptiveness, the gentleness, the kindness, the compassion, and truly honoring where we are. And so it's been an incredible thing for me to witness. Uh, as you've been going through that, because for me the way I've experienced it, it hasn't been a way for you to avoid things. Mm. It's just again, I know drilling, or I don't want to speak for you, but drilling too fast can sometimes be more harmful than good. I'd be curious to hear, you know, use the word shadow a few times there, and I know that that everyone maybe has a different interpretation of that. I'm really curious what the shadow work or what is the shadow? How would you either define it or what comes up with that? because I think that would be uh, just really valuable to hear,
0: yeah, and just before speaking to that, a perfect parallel for me feels like with training when you say like not drilling too too fast, but you can't drill too deep. Mm. Um, it's kind of just like training, you know you have this goal and say that goal is to overcome this. Deep trauma or core wound—that doesn't happen over overnight, right? That doesn't happen right. in one ceremony or one sitting. Nor should it. Nor should the expectation on ourselves or others to be like, okay, get over this, move through this, resolve this. Um, it's definitely a process, to, just like any huge goal. And so, I think a very common parallel is when you see people overtraining in the gym, mm-hmm. it's like that you're breaking yourself down more than you're actually building yourself up. Um, so I think just those parallels of like, okay, how can, how are we doing too much too fast? It's like life is a journey, right? Like it's, if it were all over instantly, or if it were all resolved, it's like there would literally be no point of life. So I think it's Einstein that says that if everything were to happen simultaneously, if we had full awareness, full enlightenment, like we would literally disappear, you know? So it is really that pacing process of, especially working through like the deep hard, hard stuff. But on perfect note, I mean, the shadow to me is basically everything that I'm unaware of. It's not good. It's not bad. I think shadow work has like this kind of stigma around like, you know, it's bad or it's hard or it's all like the icky stuff. And largely the shadow is just basically what's in the shadow, like what's unconscious to us. Um, when we illuminate those things, when we bring light to these issues, it's not that they're good issues or bad issues. They're just bringing awareness to them. So it can take infinite forms for sure. um, And some of them might not be very pleasant or very fun. I think largely it's because they're so unfamiliar because we had no idea that they were even at play or at work. So it can feel really scary when we're working in the shadow because it's like, Holy shit. Didn't expect that or I'm shocked or I'm taken off guard or I feel very like ill equipped to deal with this because it's very new. So, yeah, that's what it means to me. I'm sure many people have lots of approaches to it.
1: Yeah, and what what comes up for me is it's scary until it's not. Mm-hmm. Right? And like what you just said like the shadow is what we're unconscious of, what we're unaware of, but then once we start and this is going to be different for every person based off of their life experiences, their environment potentially, their culture, like all of those things are going to have a star programming, whether it's religion, family, you name it. You know, these things are deeply rooted in our psyche. And I will say that once they are brought to light, And if we actually implement and integrate what is coming up out of the shadow, then there is a point where you know it's not so scary anymore. Or there's the potential for that, and that for me is is a beautiful thing to really focus on. I love how you said it's not good or bad. It's not light is good, shadow is bad. It's nothing like that. That's only our perception or the meaning that we've attached around it. So I love you know hearing that from you. I shared earlier that in our relationship you know we have a lot of rituals a lot of things that help us embody the intentionality of our of our partnership and what we're committed to and that can show up in having a morning coffee that can show up in pulling cards that can show up in a meditation together and one of the things this this uh, commitment to living in balance and i don't want to give a false false representation of balance be- before I get into this, because for me, true balance doesn't exist. Like Life is this continual oscillation of ups and downs. And maybe it'd be better said to living in harmony is maybe what we strive for. But I'm curious, a lot of the work that you do is uh, lifestyle design. Mm. And lifestyle design, and I'm, I, I would love for you to, to share on this, but lifestyle design to really help people create the life of their dreams, of what they really want and to live into that. And there's so many things that you look at and, and not only suggest to people, but you embody and you live here. I'm curious when it comes to living in balance or living in harmony, what is one thing that comes up for you as absolutely paramount that someone just from listening to this conversation might be able to implement in their own life?
0: Well, oh, it's a big question. <laughs> um, well, to me... Basis of you know manifestation of intentional living of design even um, it's really being the artist of your life um, being the artist in ev- all things like that's what we're doing we're literally creating with our words with our thoughts with our actions with our creations we're bringing life to life um, and so that kind of perspective has always you know been my filter system. Like, how, like, I think there can be like a surface level to that of like, how can I make this more beautiful? Or how can I enhance this, the energy in this room? Or how can I create more flow? Or how can I create more harmony? And I think there's a lot of energetics that come into that and a lot of intuition. But really, those two things are very artistic qualities as well. So, and I think oftentimes, you know, when you're trying to use, like design specifically, it's like there needs to be function to make something. Well designed, art is kind of like boundless. You know, like a lot of things can be art, but to have something be well designed, there needs to be like really solid function to it. Um, so I think a lot of us get kind of lost in that systematic approach to life, and even setting intentions. It's like okay, at (laughs) eight a.m., I'm going to pull a card with Mike. You know, guilty as charged. (laughs) And that structure is so needed, and it really (laughs) does like provide that masculine like. Giddy up! That I think like is needed, and there's that you know the the kind of cliche of the starving artist because a lot of times you have all the ideas and all the intentions, but none of the freaking action and none of the structure. And I think life really requires both. And I know one of our mentors, Paul Check, talks a lot about that too. It's like being the artist and the scientists of mm-hmm. life, and both are necessary. And again, back to like the good or bad, it's like neither or both are both, I guess, but like you really need to create space for the art. And you also need to create form to the function and to the actual action behind life. Both are important. But for me, I think I see a lot more kind of left brain, analytical, systematic approaches to creating a life of our dreams. And we need to recultivate that kind of magic and that ability to like go into the right brain and really explore the energetics explore like how something feels you know that's really where the balance for me comes in
1: when i'm thinking about balance and and we we have the exact same school of thought and this this comes from paul check but these are these are life principles But the foundations to health or living in balance or harmony is is really the foundations of being a human. And so that's how we manage our thoughts. What's the quality of water that we drink? What's the quality and and the amount and and all that stuff around food, the food that we eat? What's our movement practice like? Uh, What's our sleep schedule? Um, What's our breathing pattern? like? These are all foundations that can either bring us closer to balance or further away from balance. And for me life is this dance of yin and yang mm-hmm. of these two polarities but one of the things that i've realized is that they they are polarities right but they're also like for example having a deeper reservoir of yin of receptivity of of uh, recovery allows for a more powerful and expressive yang if you're constantly or I'm constantly, and I've gone through this many times in sport, if I'm constantly training and burning, burning myself out, I don't have enough yin. When it comes back to go to the next training session and try to push hard again, I don't have as deep of a basin. And so I think it's, it's also having this honest assessment, having a clear dream, having an honest assessment of where we are and where is there lack and or excessive tendencies in our life. And the one, one foundation that, that I didn't mention that's not part of the, the quote unquote six foundation principles is environment. And that is something that that uh, all of our friends joke with who know me pre-Lauren and now during, uh, during being with Lauren. And we have a, a beautiful home here that I'm so grateful for. This is actually the home that I pretty much grew up in. Uh, this was the first home that my parents bought. So this is my dad, as you know, laid all the marble in the house, laid the pavers outside. We've put so much love and energy into this environment. And uh, my tendency... Although i you you've reminded me, I do have a lot of stuff, but I tend to live more of a minimal lifestyle or more of an open lifestyle. Like I love silence. Uh, so no music, no sound in the house. I train silent. I love clear open space. We don't even have a couch yet. You'd be in years together. I haven't had a couch in years. And so our friends joke, and they were like, you know, you you could tell that when, when it was just Mike, it was more of a, a bachelor house. It was very empty. Let's just no say no hot water. No. Yeah. Who needs hot water? It just means, you know, more cold showers and just turn a negative into a positive.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to add before we jump, jump topics, but, um, you know, when we talk about living an intentional life, like even breaking down what intention is as a word, because mm. there's polarity built into it. It's in tension, it's between the yin and the yang is where intention happens and where that like, you know, that um, catalyst happens that you're saying, like if you're too depleted in yin, then the yang isn't polarized to be activated. Um, so a lot of times, too, we think tension is like a bad thing, but it's actually completely necessary to create that fire and to create that like mm. moving wheel, so to speak, just like in you no know, movement, another perfect parallel. It's like you need stress in order to grow and to move and to develop. So I think, you know, it looks different ways in different days, but it's like both are needed, yin aspects and yang aspects, um, to create that tension, to create growth, to create life. I just thought of a funny story. Oh, great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the yang is associated with, let's just say, the masculine principle. The yin is associated with the feminine principle. And we both have masculine and feminine energies in us. And that tension, I think, is so important in having a healthy relationship. And so I remember when... Uh, I think this was at the first men's retreat that we did. And with that tension, the when you have polarization... So when guys are together... Right. You have a whole group of guys that are with each other for four days. There is an increase of that masculine energy. I went to an all guys high school. Like I, I'm very familiar with the masculine, you know, just being around guys, being a guys' guy. And also I love dropping into the softer side too. But that being said, <laughs> I remember when we were at the retreat, and uh, Lauren stays in the main house, so she kind of stay. You stay behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, but you're still a massive part of it, cooking the food, putting so much love and care into everything that these guys eat. And I remember coming in, and I would check up on you in the end of the night, see how you how the day went, uh, because we're really I'm off doing the things with the guys, and and you're primarily um, just working your butt off in the kitchen and serving. And uh, I remember coming in. And I don't recall exactly. I think I had asked you or you had asked me if we could take a shower together or something like that. And I said, babe, babe, babe. No, I, 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 can't. I would love to take a shower in here. Can I, can I please take a shower in the house and not across the the whole field and the outdoor showers? But I was like, I can't. I'm polarizing.
0: I was like, oh, you're polarizing. Okay. <laughs> You can polarize.
1: (laughs) You can polarize. You can polarize out there. (laughs) So she basically kicked me out and I was like, but, but, but. So I accepted that, uh, I don't want to say that punishment, but I accepted her wishes. And I didn't shower in the house, but I went to another shower in the main house and there was no hot water. (laughs) And normally I'm totally fine not taking uh, hot showers. And again, I I like to, to, as much as possible, transform challenge and discomfort into an opportunity for growth. And I will say in that moment after working, I don't even know. You
0: like selective challenge, <laughs> just like most human beings um, in that it's moment so at midnight in the middle of winter or late fall at Mount Shasta. I think, yeah, you were trying to not select the discomfort that came with that polarizing. You know, like you kind of get what you asked for in a lot of ways.
1: So. Well, I certainly did because when I went in the other shower, there was no hot water. And so I was like, fuck, this is so cold. This is, I just want some comfort. I just want the water to just hold me. It would have
0: been in my hot shower. It would have been great.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, I'm still kicking myself. So and, think
0: of that. And then next time you try and polarize, how far you want to go to that commitment.
1: Sure. And well, as you know, it got actually much worse than that. So <laughs> I, I I was all lathered up in soap. <laughs> Uh, Soaked up armpits, head, everything like that. And then I turn on the water and there's no hot... For whatever reason, in that particular shower, there's hot water in the house. yeah, But in that particular shower, there's no hot water.
0: It's called karma. <laughs> <laughs> it's a principle of the oh universe.
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Breathe, Mike. So I'm covered in soap. I'm like, damn it. I do not want to take a cold shower. So I was like, damn it. Okay. So I put a towel around my waist and I walk from the main house to maybe like maybe a football field is too far, but let's just say at least 50 yards, 50 to 100 yards away is the showers for the group. And it was like around midnight because I usually go to sleep the latest and, and make sure everything's dialed in for the next day. And so I had to walk this like I felt like a, like a walk of shame or something like that from college. I don't know. And I had to walk completely like soap in my eye, walking this long distance in my towel. And it's freezing. Mount Shasta, it's right by the Oregon border. It is so cold. We're talking like 30s or below at night, degrees Fahrenheit. So I get into this sh- this shower. And as soon as I walk in, the shower that I walk into, the floor's flooded.
0: Oh, I didn't even, I didn't know this part of it.
1: Yeah. The, the floor's flooded and then guys were still going in because uh, guys are going to be guys. And so there's like, not muddy floor, but it's like a dirty floor, partially flooded. So I'm just like my sandals get all nasty. I'm covered in soap. Can't even see out of so my what was eyes. What's
0: the takeaway from from this from this sob story? Oh, I
1: think I still have to <laughs> reflect on that. Um, Let's just two years later. Maybe the first <laughs> be why I'd be more mindful with my words and. I, you know, I guess I still got some more reflecting to do on that. I kind of just been reminiscing on how uncomfortable it is. But Part of
0: the polarizing it, is the tension.
1: It's part of the polarizing. So I guess maybe one of the takeaways, if you are going to truly polarize, you have to accept the consequences that come with that. And uh, I did get a shower. Uh, it was lukewarm. And um, yeah, that was the you end. You lived
0: to tell the tale. I
1: live to tell the tale. Well, back to the conversation of environment, because one of the things that I've learned, especially from being with you, is you have transformed our home into this incredible space that for me feels like ceremony space. Mm. And and ceremony just simply mean, meaning a, a, a sacred space. We have different areas of the house where it's like an area that we drop in for work, an area that I like to shoot content in, an area where we sit together in meditation. And you've really created this incredible and plants everywhere. I, every time I turn around, there's a new plant. Necessary. One of the cutest things is how excited you get when a new... Uh, a new bud forms out of a plant, and it's like a, a child uh, that that you birthed. and it's it's pretty it's pretty cute, and I love this aspect of you. But it's really invited in so much warmth into the house, and everyone that's come here has really commented on how just incredible the energy in the space feels. And one thing I've learned, whether it's after a ceremony or any any transition point in life, just simply from by moving around furniture completely change how we feel. Is there is there something you want to add on that because really what you've done here is is just added life into the space.
0: Yeah, I think it goes back just to the concept that you know we never are in isolation ever. You know, we're we're, we're all one technically, but like truly all of the things, all of the items, all of the people in our life, especially in our intimate space are influencing us as we are influencing them. And we're co-regulating as well too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it does kind of go down to the woo-woo concepts of energy and um, connection and all these things, but even something as little or as big as having actual living plants in your home. I mean, that's it's just like having lots of little buds of fresh life and fresh energy and like something to smile at and something to engage with energetically or from a frequency level, in addition to like, Something we can appreciate visually. So, I've always been very impressionable to my environment, like down to a fault. Like I can't get to work, quote unquote, until like my environment is like set and settled. And this is very true. It's very true. Um, but you know, like there's a lot of like procrastination tendencies within that, and there's also like a lot of like truth to when I do drop in, when I am in my my nook, and my sanctuary, in my environment energetically. I work so much more efficiently Mm. and my work actually feels like a co-creation and a creation and it feels good to do. I mean, just the perfect parallel to like somebody working in a, in a cubicle on wall street or in one of those open call centers with all this crazy chaotic energy, like spiraling around. It would be naive to think that that's not influencing us on many levels. So when it comes to like our home, like this is about as, as sacred of, of a place as can get you know and really it influences so much of our relationship it influences ourselves personally how people feel when they're in our home I think is really important to both of us and you know with my background in hospitality too it's like I just have this standard of what it can feel like so mm-hmm. it's like why wouldn't I create that And it's also really creative too it's just like super fun to make a place feel cozy or to feel people make people or encourage people to feel, safe and at home in our home. So I think it's a combination of a lot of little things and really the devil and <laughs> the art is in the details. It's like all those cumulative choices and intentional placements. You may not notice it like, oh, she put this here because of A, B or C reason, but you feel it. And it happens like very subtly, but like cumulatively. So yeah, that's what I love to geek out on. And there's plenty of like modalities that like reinforce these ideas of just design and art and feng shui. And there's plenty of others out here doing that. But it's like, it's really beautiful when you can just make it an alchemy in your own practice too. of Just creating a, a space that feels good to be in.
1: Totally agree. And, and one of the things when it comes to this, this discussion of maybe living in balance or living in harmony, how we regulate our nervous system for me is one of the the greatest things that we can learn Mm -hmm. to master or to work on in our life's process that is truly a, can make or break so many things. Um, And so the environment that you're talking about, about just having a calm, safe space to come home, because I mean, just like it is, they say like as below, so above. And I also believe as outside, as inside, Mm -hmm. as inside, as outside. And so if we have an office that we're working at are working in that is completely cluttered with everything, it's very hard to feel whether it's consciously or or subconsciously that we have the space to, for example, be creative. Mm -hmm. And this is why, for example, when uh, I remember a friend, this is going years back, but a friend of a friend, uh, he was the actual inventor of the iPad. He worked side by side for some time with, with Steve Jobs. And he was there like head creative director. And then I think he went with GoPro. But basically I had asked him and I said, if you have any tips for creativity, how can I be more creative or how can I encourage that I'm creating programs and such? And I'll, I'll never forget something that he shared that I want to share with the listeners. And he said, you know what? Like when we're working with teams, we have like a big conference table and we just basically have massive paper. Mm-hmm. massive sheets of paper. And I just let them go to town on their creative ideas. And really what he was sharing was sometimes just simply having a smaller canvas will limit our creativity. Imagine the difference between trying to write all of your ideas on a Post-it or on an index card versus having a whiteboard. How much more opens up in our creative mind, and our hearts? And I believe that also translates to the home and to the space. And with that, there is a regulation, oftentimes a down regulation of our nervous system. And so for me, some of the most powerful things that I've experienced has now been living with you and experiencing the home. And and I can just tell my down regulation, I can tell your regulation, I can tell even our dog, Bazzi, he's calmer when the house feels calmer and we're calmer. And then also too, one of the, the best anchors for me, at least that I've learned to change states and allow us to regulate and stay more in balance, or again, pick us up or drop us down if we're in excess, for example, is our breath. Mm. If we can remember our breath to breathe low, to breathe slow, in and out through our nose, it's amazing how many things start opening up. It's something that's free and it's something that we don't have to purchase We have it inside of us. All we need to do is remember and then make the honest effort to do so. And that is really why one of the main reasons why I am so honored to be your fiance is because of our commitment to each other. It's not going to be perfect. As I mentioned earlier, we have the same or very similar core values, very similar interests, but completely different operating systems and different ways of seeing the world. However, what is important for me is the commitment to the relationship. And that is something going back to that first plant medicine ceremony that we did with each other that really broke down the walls to allow both of us to see into each other's hearts and to see that soul connection. And then to follow it up with a hike and you know reflective conversations and vulnerability, we've maintained that commitment to each other. And to being students of life together. And there's genuinely nothing else that I could ask for in life from a life partner and for someone who is going to birth our baby boy oh. in a few months. So,
0: yeah, just, I mean, I think a lot of what you just shared on both those topics, it's really about like, in addition to knowing ourselves, like knowing who you're with. Too, mm-hmm. even down from like an intentional level back to the home design thing and, and the energy of the room and, and how we create spaces for creativity or for any of those things. Like how, how do we create our gym environment to like feel motivated to train? Really? It's a nice practice to consider for a moment. What is the intention of the room? Like, what is the intention mm-hmm. of like, you know, in our bedroom, it's like, we're trying to get it to like sleep and sex, you know, like, okay, so what? aspects should be a part of that design. You know, what will bring us down into a down-regulated state. It's very different energy and design than what's in our offices. Right. And like Mm -hmm. putting intentional things that are super inspiring to us. And for one type of mind, it could be a gigantic whiteboard like you and I, you know, I also need tons of color and like motivating script. And sometimes words are really inspiring to me. And then our living room and our dining room and our kitchen, you just go down like the kind of list of like, not only like what's the intention of the room, but like who's actually living in it and what are their needs, you know? So it's really an intentional practice at all these levels. And I think that that's one parallel we have in everything we create individually and co-create together. There's like a ridiculous amount of intentionality behind it. So many layers. And I think all of that goes to either like a program design or lifestyle design it's like it's designed that way there can't be design without intention so yeah just before closing off i feel like it's important to to really get to know yourself first and then to like really curate your life curate your home curate your experiences to to your personality and the people you're you're with and it'll make a world of a difference and it doesn't have to cost more money it doesn't have to be anything it's just like the intention is is the piece well
1: that's so so key because I I hopefully that this inspires, you know, anyone listening to to explore and to try out some of these things that that Lauren's sharing that I'm sharing. And I will say one thing that I've learned from you as well is that things don't need to be expensive. You are incredible with repurposing things. Um whether it's sanding cabinets and repainting, well, just from repainting some of the rooms has been completely a game changer and has made the rooms felt so much different. So a lot of these things I just want to wanna share, like do not need to be expensive. And even simply just rearranging the furniture in the space. Mm-hmm. Just take what you already have, rearrange it in the space, and maybe add a plan. <laughs> take a <laughs> take a page out of the orange, but add a plan, add some life in It's to there. live by. <laughs> and just and just feel, feel the difference of how you feel, how much more motivated you are, how much maybe more more clarity you have or more space and how your relationships are changing. And I would just encourage anyone to just take some time to reflect on that. And if you're open to it, even just write it out. Just the simple act of... I think writing is such a critical tool that we can use. So many of us don't write down our goals or don't journal at all. And that's but one tool, even if you are not a writer. But I do think something is very powerful when we take what is in our head. Mm -hmm. And put it out, whether that's in a conversation, a recording, a journal. And we help ourselves formulate our thought process on that. We really teach ourselves how to think and how to actually see. Maybe if there's limiting beliefs here, maybe there's things that we're doing really well. And okay, this is an opportunity to acknowledge and celebrate myself or celebrate my partner. So that intentionality piece in the home, and then of course, following that up with the actual action. Because intention is not enough. I will say that we live very intentionally and we're constantly learning, but it is the action that really, really makes the difference. Otherwise, you're just living with someone with these beautiful ideas and these beautiful thoughts, but you really haven't put it into play. And that is the meat and potatoes of it.
0: Yeah. And in addition to writing down our goals or what we'd like to, I think it's a really powerful question to be like, what's keeping me from Mm. A, B, or C? Like, What is that limit? What is that limiting belief or, you know, story or whatever? Because that is to me, the meat and potatoes of, of creative problem solving. Like we actually need limits in order to become aware of our resources. I mean, I've worked on even professionally on, on multiple projects. It's like with no budget and that might seem like, oh, the dream, but believe me, it's like very challenging to like, cause it's. You, you don't get the clarity of like, okay, this is really what I have to work with, or this is what I need to like muster up, you know, because there's that dead end budget or there's that time constraint or there's these limits are so necessary in creating clarity around how we're actually going to get to our objective. So the goal setting is really important. And I, spe- especially in like this world of manifestation and like the woo-woo kind of energetic things, it's like, yes, super valid, super important and necessary. And like, why haven't I gotten there already? Like what are the limiting thing factors that like I can creatively reorganize or rearrange to best maximize all the stuff we have? Because most of the time we have everything we need already, Mm -hmm. you know? And even if it's something like in the house, it's like, how can I repurpose something to bring new life to it, to regenerate it?
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. That's super important. You know, we're, this has been a great conversation. So first and foremost, thank you so much for yeah, being willing you, to... Man. I nabbed her up today and I said, can we please record something?
0: I so? was like, I'm not creatively astute after 4pm. But you know... <laughs> you're also happen.
1: pregnant. So like, <laughs> there's been so much stuff going, you know, going on and, and, and you're just doing an incredible job. And it's, you, it's, it's just uh, what a special time mm-hmm. that we're in and, and what we're creating. And um, I'm just so excited and honored to be your partner. and you know for people who are listening that you you put out so much stuff on social media, especially Instagram about that can give so many people ideas on food and home design and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I would just love to close off if you've got any final words and also where can people find you.
0: Where can I find myself? Is the question. (laughs) No, um, yeah, I'm on Instagram as Vital Theory. This has been really great to chat with you and um, just bring to light a lot of the things we're working on and co creating and, you know, really energizing. It's a huge transitionary phase for us. And that's awesome.
1: I love it. And we'll be keeping you guys in the loop. We've got our, our men's retreat coming up at the end of October. Again, Lauren does all the intentionally created food and, and beautiful things that the guys eat after, especially going through some very tough experiences. And also we are going to have a baby from the time this thing comes out probably in about three months from then. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of life that's happening over the next, you know, six months or so. And uh, I'm really excited to when we get to drop in again and record again, we will keep you guys posted and, uh, Lauren, sweetheart, I love you. Thank you again so much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours.